know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh oh. Uh oh. Hi, and welcome to Airing the Addisons. I'm Pastor Jeff Shree, filling in for Will and Miki today. And uh, I am honored to host the broadcast today and then all of next week. For those of you that don't know who I am, I am the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. And I'm also the founder of From His Heart Ministries, which is a radio and television ministry that was uh, begun in 2005. We can be heard every weeknight at six o'clock central time on American Family Radio. Well, I wanted to talk today about the issue of fear. I uh, think that there is so much fear in our world today, so much fear in America today. People are afraid of COVID-19. I mean, they're just afraid of it. They're, they read the horror stories of what happens if, if people get COVID-19 and the media plays up, you know, all the hospitalizations and all the deaths. And um, it, it's obviously a, a real thing. It's obviously a terrible thing. And uh, many, many people are living in fear over getting the virus or uh, giving the virus to someone else or... Uh, that kind of deal. Uh, we're afraid concerning the vaccine. Um, the the vaccinated are afraid because others haven't been vaccinated. The unvaccinated are afraid of uh, what can happen if you take the vaccine. We're uh, we're living in fear, many of us, about the government because the government is obviously not telling us the truth on a lot of things. We're afraid about uh, vaccine mandates. You know, the unvaccinated are being penalized uh, because the employers are saying, hey, if you don't get vaccinated, we're going to make you pay more for your health insurance. We're going to penalize you in this way and that way and the other way. And some employers are just saying, if you don't get the vaccine, uh, we're going to terminate your employment. Uh, many people are afraid of just the unknown. We, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my, my loved ones? Lots of uncertainty in our world today, in our nation today, and there's so much division. Now, what I have noticed is when people get afraid, one of the ways that fear manifests itself is in anger. And our world is filled with angry people. I mean, just go on Twitter and see how angry people are. Um, They're just blasting at folks they don't even know, calling them all kinds of names, uh, uh, insinuating all kinds of terrible things about them. It's just awful. You know, Jesus said that was one of the marks of the last days, that, um, that the love of men would grow cold. And we are experiencing 
uh, the the coldness in people's attitudes toward one another and the, just the outright hatred that comes out if you have a different viewpoint than I do. Well, I wanted to read to you from Isaiah chapter 43, such a great passage of scripture concerning and dealing with the subject of fear. The scripture says this, but now, thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in your place. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. Such a great word of encouragement. You know, the Bible says in the New Testament that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and discipline. And the Lord tells us uh, over and over in his word not to fear. Do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Well, in Isaiah, the passage that we just read, God gives us three reasons why we shouldn't fear. You know, it's easy to say, well, don't fear. And then people say, yeah, well, if you were in my situation, if you were facing the difficulties that I'm facing, uh, maybe you wouldn't say don't fear. Well, I don't know your situation, but God does. And God is the one, God who knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. God is the one who tells us, do not fear. And then he gives us three reasons why we are not to fear as believers. Now, if you're an unbeliever, if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, let me tell you something, you need to be afraid. And the biggest thing you need to fear is death, because death for an unbeliever is eternal separation from God. You know, we, we uh, have all this fear about the climate, you know, climate change. It used to be called global warming, but since that didn't hold up, uh, now they call it climate change just to, you know, be a catch-all. And so, so many people are, we're so afraid uh, that the, the earth is going to uh, disintegrate. Al Gore says it's, you know, it was supposed to be uh, done just a couple of years ago, I think, if I remember correctly. And he obviously missed that one by a million miles. Uh, we don't need to be afraid of the climate, but we do need to fear God and keep his commandments. So if you're an unbeliever, you need to be afraid. And I would encourage you with all my heart, you need to get right with God and let him take away the fear. See, the Lord says to his children, to his people, thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. That's the first reason why we don't need to fear, because God says, I, I redeemed you. I bought you back. I, I purchased your soul from the slave market. I, I bought you with my own blood and paid for all your sin when I died on the cross and rose again from the dead. We belong to God. I have called you by name. He says, you are mine. You're mine. Now, God knows how to take care of what is his. 
And if we're redeemed, we need to remember, hey, I belong to God. I am his, and he has promised to take care of me. My middle daughter, Amy, just had her first child, little Jack Cannon Van Hoy. It's the first boy in our family. We've had, I had, Debbie and I had three girls, and then we have two granddaughters, wonderful granddaughters, uh, Emmy and Lyndon, but now we have the first boy in the family. And that little boy is, is Amy and Travis's little boy, and they would give their lives to protect him. Uh, he belongs to them, and God has entrusted that little life to Amy and Travis. And so they're going to do everything within their power to provide for that little guy and to protect that little guy and to make sure he is healthy and safe. Hey, God says, I have redeemed you. I, I purchased you with my own blood, and you belong to me. You are mine. So don't fear because I've redeemed you. Secondly, he says, don't fear because I am with you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Because God says, I will be with you. That is so critical. I'm preaching a sermon series on Sunday mornings at First Baptist Texarkana on the book of Exodus. I've entitled it, Faithful and True, Introducing the One and Only God. You know, it's based off of that question that Pharaoh uh, asks Moses when he says, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? In the book of Exodus with the 10 plagues, uh, God introduces himself to Pharaoh. See, Pharaoh fancied himself a God and God says, okay, I'll show you who I am. I am the one true and only God. Well, when he meets Pharaoh or when God encounters Moses at the burning bush, uh, you know, he tells Moses, I'm going to deliver Israel and I'm going to use you, Moses, to do it. And then Moses asks the question, he says, well, who am I to go to Pharaoh? And God's answer, he doesn't really answer the question, who am I? He just says, I will be with you. Surely I will be with you. Hey, when God is with us, we don't need to be afraid because he is in charge of all things. Jesus was asleep on the boat in Mark chapter 4 when the wind and the waves were rocking that boat and the water was filling up the boat and the disciples thought they were going down. And they wake up Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that we are perishing? And he said, why are you so timid? And why is it that you have no faith. Where is your faith? He calmed the wind and the waves just with just a word. He just says, hush, be still, and instantly, immediately, it becomes calm. Hey, when the Lord is in your boat, when he is with you, you don't need to fear. Do not fear because I've redeemed you. Do not fear because I'm with you. And then he says, do not fear because I love you. Such an awesome truth, such an awesome statement that the Lord makes to his creation, you and me, the people that are made in his image, that I love you. He said, since you're precious in my sight, since you're honored and I 
love you. Bible says, cast all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Because it matters to him concerning you. How awesome to know that the God of the universe, the God who spoke the worlds into existence, loves me. He knows all about me. He knows all my inconsistencies, all my weaknesses, all my failures, all my sins. He knows everything. And he still loves me. And he, is, he doesn't love me because I'm valuable. I'm valuable because he loves me. And you're valuable because he loves you too. And I can trust a God who loves me. I can trust a God who sent his son to die on the cross for my sins. We are going to be taking calls in the next two segments on the broadcast. Here's the number. It's 1-888-589-8840. 1-888-589-8840. I would love to talk to you about the subject of fear and why we don't need to fear because God is with us, God loves us, God has redeemed us, and we can just fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, when we get afraid, the reason that we get afraid, it's found in the story, Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 14, of Peter walking on the water, You know, he was doing pretty good walking on the water. And then it says this, but seeing the wind, he became afraid. When he took his eyes off Jesus, he became afraid. Every time in my life, when I get afraid, I need to remind myself, I have taken my eyes off Jesus. I'm looking at the circumstances. I'm looking at the the wind and the waves. And I need to get my eyes back on the Savior the God who is over all the wind and all the waves and every circumstance. I don't need to be afraid at all. He's got everything under control. You know, when Peter walked on the water, he saw Jesus walking on the water. It was a stormy sea that night. But the things that threatened to be over Peter's head, the wind and the waves, were already under his feet. Don't go away. We'll be taking your calls when we come back. Welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here today, filling in for Will and Miki Addison. We're talking about the subject of fear. Fear is something every single one of us knows about. We've all experienced fear. And maybe as you're listening today, you're really struggling with fear. Well, God has uh, something wonderful that he wants to do in your life because the Lord is the Prince of Peace 
and he wants to bring in peace and usher in his peace and take away that fear. You know, one of the wonderful things that we learn from David, David, the, the guy that fought Goliath when he was just a kid, 15 years old or something like that. David, the one that had faith enough to, to face off against the nine foot, nine inch giant. We can get this idea that, that David never was afraid that he's some Superman type of character, but he's not. He's just a regular guy. And uh, David said in Psalm 56, verse three, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I put my trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Now, I like that. When I am afraid, not if I ever get afraid, because he did get afraid. You get afraid, and I get afraid, and we get afraid. And the Apostle Paul told the Corinthians that he was with them in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. We all get afraid. When Paul was on the ship going to Rome, the Lord appeared to him and sent his angel to him and said, Paul, do not be afraid. Well, why did he do that? Because Paul was getting afraid. You don't tell somebody who's not afraid, don't be afraid. It's like, yeah, I'm not. But when you're afraid, that's when we have to hear from the Lord, do not be afraid. So David said, hey, when I'm afraid, not if, when, I put my trust in you. It's kind of like what we said uh, right before the break. Peter got afraid when he took his eyes off the Lord because at that moment when he took his eyes off the Lord, he wasn't trusting in the Lord. He was looking at all the circumstances and the circumstances said that walking on the water was impossible and seeing the wind, he became afraid and he began to sink. Hey, you'll sink in your life when you take your eyes off Jesus. But when you put your eyes back on Jesus and and begin to praise him and begin to trust him and begin to quote his word and his promises that I will be with you. As David said in Psalm 24, even though I walk, Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? How? Because you are with me. Hey, when you pass through the waters, the Lord says, I will be with you. I still remember when my kids were little, you know, they would periodically have a bad dream in the middle of the night and they would come to my side of the bed and they always knew, hey, if you're afraid, you go see dad. If you're sick, you go see mom. Dad's not good with sickness. Mom is, uh, is good with sickness and, but dad is good with fear. And hey, that was a good arrangement for me. I would much rather deal with fear than vomit any day of the week. And so Debbie dealt with all that stuff. But when they were afraid that they came to my side of the bed and they would tell me, I've had a bad dream. Dad, I'm so afraid. I think there's somebody in my room or whatever, you know, the the boogeyman's in the closet. But I would just open up the covers and say, whether it was Jill or Amy or Sarah, I said, just get in bed with me. And I would put my arms around my daughter and I could just feel their bodies just relax. They were so tense. But when they were in my arms, they could relax. Why? Because they knew that dad is going to protect me. Hey, we don't have to fear. God is with us. And even though we go through difficulties and we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we're not afraid because the Lord is with us. Well, we have Jerry from Texas. Jerry, you're on the broadcast. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you. Um, so 
so real quick, I firmly believe in everything that you've read um, and am a firm believer in Christ and don't have that fear. I think that some do, but I'm having a hard time with trying to convey that to my wife, who is an ER doctor in Texas and sees a lot of the worst things that you could possibly see in an ER. And so I'm, I, you know, I give her the scriptures about fear and that we are entrusted in the Lord and that he is our rock, he's our salvation, he's our, he's our everything, our chain breaker, just the verse after verse. So I, would, I guess my request is that if you wouldn't mind and, the, and the, anybody that's listening kind of just pray for her that that understanding of that not having that fear would come over her. For sure, I can do that. Jerry, what's her name? Heather. Heather. Okay. All right. Well, let's pray for her. Father in heaven, we just pray for Heather. And uh, Lord, we know as an ER doc, she's seeing a lot of bad things and a lot of uh, frightening things and people in desperate situations. And so, God, we just pray that you would wrap your arms of love around her, that uh, you would remind her that she is in that position for such a time as this, and you want to use her life to be a calming influence and and a help to people in need. And Lord, I pray that she would see that uh, she is a soldier for Jesus Christ and uh, that you are the Prince of Peace. And as she just yields her life to you, she doesn't have to be worried. She doesn't have to be bothered. She just has to trust you. And uh, Lord, we all have a choice. We can be Martha, worried and bothered about so many things, or we can be Mary and we can sit at your feet and we can listen to your word and we can just trust you with all the circumstances of life. And so I pray that for her that uh, you would just empower her, that you would help her, and that she would experience your wonderful peace as she fixes her eyes on you, as she goes about her day, even with the difficulties of her day, Lord, that she would have deep and abiding peace. And Father, I pray for Jerry, her husband, that you would just help him to be an encouragement to his wife, to nourish her and cherish her and love her and, and just cover her in prayer every single day. And Lord, that they would see an answer to this prayer and see just such a change come into her heart as the Prince of Peace just floods her soul with peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for calling in. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. We're talking about the subject of fear. Now, in Isaiah, Isaiah 43 that we read, the Lord says, Do not fear because I've redeemed you. Do not fear because I'm with you. And do not fear because I love you. I remember some years ago, I was reading through the Old Testament and I came across a verse, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 3. And just such a great verse. It just kind of jumped off the page into my heart. And it, it was, it's the passage about Solomon dedicating the temple to the Lord. And it says that the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord so much so that the priests couldn't go in and minister. And the people fell on their face and they said this, truly he is good. Truly his loving kindness is everlasting. And those two things, I had read them before, but it was just like God just just threw those into my heart and said, that's what you need to know about me, that I am good and that my loving kindness, my hesed, that, that loyal love, that word used in the, in the Old Testament over and over and over again, that God's love in action, his loving kindness is everlasting. 
that God loves you and loves me with an everlasting love. Now, here's the thing. If you have down in your heart, deep down in your heart, carved in stone in your heart, God is good and God loves me. You can handle any problem that may come your way. And the danger that we have, that all of us have, even as believers, is we let our meology influence our theology. You say, what is meology? Meology is what happens to me. And if meology influences theology, then we're in trouble. Because I can't look at God through the lens of circumstances. I have to look at circumstances through the lens of who God is, that God is good and God loves me and Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So if you add in Romans 8, 28 to 2 Chronicles 7, 3, you get those that, that trinity of truth. God is good. God loves me. God works all things together for good for me who love the one who loves God. And so I can handle anything. And when something terrible happens, I get COVID or my loved one gets COVID and dies. I get in a car accident. I get put in a, in a wheelchair because a drunk driver crossed the the median in, or across the double yellow line and hit me. Uh, something happens to one of my children. Uh, I lose my job. I lose my health. Whatever it might be, I can just say, well, okay, I still know that God is good. I still know that God loves me. I still know that God is going to work this together for good because I love him. And it does not change my uh, perception of God because I'm not looking at my circumstances or, or at God through the lens of my circumstances, but I'm looking at my circumstances through the lens of God. You know who didn't do that? Person in scripture that did not do that was Naomi. She was the one in Ruth. She, she went out full with her husband and her two sons, but she came back empty. And when they, she came back after 10 years living in Moab, uh, they said, is this not Naomi? She came back to Bethlehem and she said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara which means bitterness. She said, the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, but now I come back empty. She was a person who was viewing God through the lens of her circumstances. Don't fall into that trap. Well, we have Jim on the program from Virginia. Jim, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you, sir. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good. I'm doing fine. I just uh, had a question about, a few minutes ago you spoke about how an unbeliever uh, should be afraid, they should be afraid of death. And I think your point is there that uh, that they're unprotected if they don't have forgiveness through Jesus Christ. At that point of death, their their future is not secure in a good way. And I I'm, I'm just wanted to, to draw to the next step of that. Then um, would you agree that what they should be afraid of is God himself, and that, that God is our best assurance if we're forgiven, then this God you said loves us is the one who will protect us and see us through even death into everlasting life. But without forgiveness, then our, then our future is to have to face this God without his forgiveness. Could you just uh, draw that out a bit and see if you agree with that? Do a little bit of teaching on that, please, and I thank you. 
Sure. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. So if if you depart this world, an unbeliever, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear that there is a judgment awaiting you, and that's called the great white throne judgment, Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. And every person that that ignores the gift of salvation, that chooses sin over God's son, that person is going to end up at the great white throne. And uh, that's a terrifying thing. The Bible says it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Our God is a consuming fire. And people do not realize two things. They don't realize how sinful they are, and they don't realize how holy God is. But when they die and they stand before the Lord to give an account of their lives at the great white throne judgment, it's going to be the most terrifying experience of their lives. When when, uh, God showed up on Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 20, and the, there was lightning, and there was thunder, and there was smoke, uh, and there was, I mean, it was a, a terrifying experience. And the people said to Moses, speak to us yourself, and we will listen, but don't let God speak to us, lest we die. God is a consuming fire, and God wants us, all of us, to, to fear him with a healthy fear, not to be afraid of him, but to fear him with a healthy fear and uh, because that keeps us in line. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate, Proverbs 8, verse 13. Um, when we fear God, as Adrian Rogers used to say, the one who fears God most uh, or best loves him most. Uh, the fear of the Lord is love on its knees. And for those who don't know the Lord and blow him off, kind of like Pharaoh did, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? Well, that person is going to meet the Lord one day and it's going to be a horrible meeting because you don't meet him as savior, you meet him as judge. You don't meet him as the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You meet him as the lion of the tribe of Judah and he will judge you in righteous judgment. So we need to fear the Lord, and unbelievers need to know that without Jesus, there is absolutely no hope. But the good news, Jesus Christ loves them, died for them on the cross, rose again on the third day, and he will save anybody who will put his faith and trust in Jesus. So thanks for that call, Jim. We have Ed in Ohio. Ed, welcome to the broadcast today. Ed, are you there? Oh, we lost Ed. Okay. Well, Ed, if you can call back, love to take your call. Um, we are talking about fear. The number is one 589 And so the great promise in scripture that's repeated over and over and over again, a command from the Lord, do not fear for I'm with you. I love you. I've redeemed you. And nothing can come into your life that hasn't first filtered through God's fingers of love. And we can trust him no matter what. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Well, call in. We're going to go to a break. Call in. I'd love to take your call and, uh, and talk through this subject 
that is on the minds and hearts of so many of us and how we can walk by faith and not by sight. Welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here filling in for Will and Miki Addison. We're talking about the subject of fear. We were looking at Isaiah chapter 43 where the Lord says, uh, Do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. You know, I was thinking about that uh, God makes it clear that uh, his people, just because he loves them, just because he's redeemed them, just because he's with them, and he's, that's true for you and me as believers in Jesus, that doesn't mean that he keeps us from every difficulty. As a matter of fact, he doesn't. We are going to get into waters. We are going to get into rivers. We are going to get into hot spots uh, and, and difficulties. Jesus said this in John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Peace is found in him. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Hey, difficult things are going to come to you and they're going to come to me. That's part of the deal. When the apostle Paul, when he was Saul of Tarsus, met the road on the, uh, met the Lord on the road to Damascus, uh, he was struck blind, and then the Lord uh, sent Ananias to him, go go to a street called Straight and pray for Saul of Tarsus. And he said, well, uh, Lord, I don't want to go. That guy has done much harm to the church. He said, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine, for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Hey, there's suffering in the Christian life. The Bible says of Jesus, though he was a son, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And so you're going to have trouble in this life. I'm going to have trouble in this life. Um, suffer hardship, but Paul told Timothy, like as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So we need to mount up like a soldier and know there is going to be difficulty in this life. Troubles are going to come in like a flood, but the Lord is with me and he's going to see me through. We got Ed back. Ed in Ohio. Ed, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, thank you. Yes. Uh, what you were saying earlier about the COVID thing and fear, it, perfect love casts out all fear. And I, I believe it's being induced on us to, you know, have panic and fear. And it, we can't be afraid to die if we're believers because we never know which days are last. And That's true. And then, and then there's one thing about my brand of sense of humor with uh, Deuteronomy 28 and 29. I tell people God says he'll send drought, sword, famine, and pestilence when we're disobedient. And, and I tell people like Al Gore, I believe in man-made global warming because it's in the Bible with Noah and the ark. 
and uh, Elijah and the drought and just to get them to think. Yeah, that's good. You know. Yeah, we, I appreciate we, your show. Well, I appreciate so much, Ed. I appreciate you calling in, and you're exactly right. We don't know when our last breath will be. And uh, I tell people this all the time. You know, with COVID, everybody is, well, be safe, be safe, make sure you're safe. The goal of the Christian life is to be wise, and it's to be faithful. Safety is not really one of the the main things. Uh, Missionaries wouldn't go on the mission field, especially in some really dangerous spots, if the goal was to be safe. You would hide under your bed. But the goal is not to be safe. The goal is to be faithful to God. So, Ed, Ed, thank you so much for calling in. We have uh, Jalen in Texas. Jalen, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, how are you doing? Thank you so much. Thank you. For having me. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, I was calling in because um, I was listening to your uh, sermon on fear. And uh, recently, um, my wife and I have been going through a rough patch um, due to my infidelity um, during this COVID uh, pandemic. And uh, I have fear. I've been experiencing a lot of fear, even though we've been working past it. We've been uh, working together as far as getting past this situation. Um, I have fear as far as maybe um, some hidden resentment, of course, but also just uh, fear as far as possible retaliation and I'm not sure how to deal with that I mean I pray and and uh you know I try and become a better person myself um but I'm not exactly sure how else to go forward as far as um putting my faith my I feel like it's constantly tested just because I have that thought in the back of my mind that that she would do that to you yes yeah okay to kind of get back at you well, um, I appreciate you sharing that, Jalen. I can understand where that would be a, a fear. I, I think it's important, a uh, couple of things with your wife, to, uh, that she knows that you are truly repentant, that you've truly done business with the Lord concerning that sin, that you've been honest with her, completely honest with her. You know, when, you, when you're confessing, make sure to sweep the corners. Don't just tell her the things that she knows if there were Uh, other things, you you just have to get to a place of honesty. And then you just have to trust God that, um, you know, that he is going to work in that situation, work in your heart, work in her heart, work in the relationship. Um, It would be devastating to her own life and her own um, relationship with Jesus if she lashed out in that fashion, because that doesn't, I mean, that hurts you, but that hurts her. And that more importantly, that hurts the Lord. And so um, I would just continue to to pray uh, in, in that regard. And anytime you feel fear, Psalm 56, verse 3, when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I put my trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So thanks so much for that call. We have Monica in Indiana. Monica, welcome to the broadcast today. Hello, God bless you. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Well, I'm doing wonderful. I just wanted to share something. I can relate to the um, the last caller. I, I forgot the name, but so about 20 to 30 minutes ago, I'm literally just getting into my car, and I don't know the scripture reference, but I do know the scripture, 
you have brought up the scripture in Isaiah about being redeemed, and then you also talked about um, those that pass through the water and the fire. Yes. Well, I can relate to this gentleman um, probably 10, maybe 12, 12 years ago at the most. I had made a very wrong choice in my life. It was very selfish, um, and I'll just leave it at that. I know that I've been forgiven, and I just want to encourage this gentleman that when you're really a child of God, um, he's going to give you scripture to bring to your remembrance, and he's going to keep on confirming himself over and over and over again because he's not going to forsake you or me or this gentleman, and um, I just praise God because I... It's fear, maybe, but it's more because of the choice that I made, um, you know, 10 to 12 years ago, that there's consequences, and sometimes right. they're good, and sometimes they're bad. And right. when they're our choices, they're usually bad consequences. But, you know, God is so faithful, and He's so loving, and He's so merciful. We cannot wrap our minds around that at all, because He's so holy and so perfect, and so I just want to encourage anybody out there that's made a wrong. Amen. That God loves them and He's not going to let them go. Amen. That's a good word, Monica. Thank you for that. Yes, uh, you know the uh, the city of Nineveh, the the Assyrian capital. Uh, they were uh, they were wicked beyond belief. God sent Jonah there to preach judgment. Remember, Jonah didn't want to go. He finally went after a, a detour through the belly of a great fish. But uh, when he went, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Um, they deserve to be destroyed, but they repented and they put on sackcloth and ashes. And God, because he's so rich in mercy and grace, he forgave them and he did not destroy them. Uh, the Lord would much rather save than judge. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God wants to save. He's a savior. Um, and so that's a, a great word. And I have found in my own life that when you really get right with God, he doesn't remove the consequences because you do reap what you sow, but he can often minimize and he often does minimize the consequences um, because he is just gracious to us. We don't deserve it. Uh, one of the things I encourage everyone in my church to do is memorize uh, Exodus 34 when God describes himself to Moses, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. That is God. He is skewed to the good. He is skewed to compassion and mercy and forgiveness. Well, we're taking your calls. 1-888-589-8840. Love to talk to you. We've been talking about the subject of fear because fear is a, a huge issue in our world and in our nation today. Uh, people don't know what's going to happen. You know, the old phrase says, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And I know that 
parents uh, are fearful for their children today. And that's, that's one of those fears that uh, can really uh, be difficult to, to navigate because we love our kids. We want to protect our kids, but uh, we have to entrust our kids to the Lord. And we have to just remind ourselves that God loves our kids more than we do. He loves everybody far more than we could ever love them. And so we just uh, put our kids in the Lord's hands and we just say, Father, they, they, uh, they're yours. And uh, you've allowed me to have them for uh, whether it's a short time or a long time, but it's uh, stewardship. And I want to be a good mom, a good dad, and be a good steward of what God has entrusted me uh, to, to have and to influence for Christ. So we are talking about fear. How can we have peace? Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I said to one of the callers, that uh, you have uh, Luke chapter 10, the story of Mary and Martha. Martha was worried and bothered about so many things, and Mary was experiencing peace. Martha was stressed, and Mary was blessed. Now, as believers, we can be stressed and worried and bothered about many things, or we can be blessed as we sit at the Lord's feet and listen to his word. Well, we have Jerry in Mississippi. Jerry, welcome to the broadcast today. Hi, Pastor Shreve. How are you doing? Good. How are you? All right. My question is, how much of what is going on can be laid uh, at the foot of the church uh, as far as uh, dereliction of duty and uh, neglect, uh, what we should be doing for the Lord and we're not? I just want you to comment on that. Thank you. Yes. Well, thank you for the question. I think any time that we get away from preaching the truth and speaking the truth in love and speaking to the issues of the day uh, as pastors, uh, we, we are kind of, uh, we're asleep at the switch. We're, we're not doing what God has called us to do and we're not equipping the saints uh, for the work of the ministry. I told, uh, we had staff meeting today and I told our staff, I said, you know, if, if you're uh, the watchman on the wall, and the enemy comes in on the at the western wall, um, you don't abandon the western wall to go watch on the eastern wall. You, you alert everybody that there's an attack coming on the western wall. Everybody gather to where the attack is. And I think as a, as a church, the church in general in America, we have done a poor job as preachers of the gospel to equip people and say, hey, this is where the enemy's attacking. You know, abortion is a great example. Uh, how many churches just turn a blind eye to that? And we have thousands of uh, innocent little boys and girls being brutally ripped apart in their mother's womb day after day after day through Planned Parenthood. And we just kind of like, well, that's a woman's right to choose. It's not a woman's right to choose. Uh, a woman has a right to choose whether she's going to have sex or not. Uh, if she gets pregnant, the only choice she has at that point is whether I'm going to have a live baby or a dead baby because she's going to have a baby. And that little, uh, little life growing inside of her is a baby made in the image of God. And so um, I agree with you, Jerry, that uh, we as pastors need to stand up and be counted. We need to speak the truth and preach the truth in love and let the world know that uh, 
Jesus is the Savior. He is King. He is coming again in power and great glory. And we can trust Him and walk with Him and be good soldiers of the cross. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you have a great rest of the day and keep Jesus number one. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.